So here we are, praise God. You know, I just jotted down some uh, some of the kind of quotes from the conference. You might find them interesting, you might not, it's fine. Mother Teresa, the cry for love is greater than the cry of hunger. That's deep, isn't it? That's deep. She was made to be loved. We're not just made to be fed in water, but we're made to be loved. We're created to be loved. If we're not loved, we've got a problem. Presence is more important than destiny. That's true. See, we can spend all our time looking for our destiny while our future in God, but presence is more important than our destiny because when we pursue His presence and live in His presence, His presence will take us into our destiny. So His presence is more important than destiny. If we concentrate on destiny, forget His presence, what happens is we're either trying to live in it, we're trying to live in the future instead of enjoying today. God's presence is here for us today. Isn't that good news? So presence is more important than destiny. Another one, we need three things. The heart of God, the holiness of God, and the blessing of God. We need all three. We need God's heart. God's heart's towards us today. It's always towards us. But God's a holy God. We've got to do things His way. He's the boss, not us. We submit to His will. He doesn't submit to our will. He's not a glorified butler. He's the sovereign Lord God Almighty who is also our loving Heavenly Father. The holiness of God. He's the boss. But the blessing of God. There for us in abundance. God wants to bless us, not just as the end result, but as the body of Christ, we are the seed of Abraham, and we are called to bless all the families of the earth, are we not? So we want God to bless us so we can bless others. Some of the blessing sticks to us, but so we can also bless others. All the families of the earth. And that includes Northampton. Sometimes it's easier to be a missionary away across yonder than it is here in your hometown, isn't it? Some of you nodded. Maybe you were nodding off. Well, you'll like this one. Sin is like a third shoe. We don't need it. Does anyone here wear three shoes? I've never met anyone that wears three shoes. We don't need the third shoe, do we? We don't need it. I don't need sin in my life. You don't need sin in your life. Treat you like a third shoe. You don't need it. Imagine going down Brantana's or, or somewhere and said, uh, I'd like three shoes, please. <laughs> one for my left foot, one for my right foot, one for sin. <laughs> they might say, who's sin? Say, I'm not telling you. Take it home, chuck it in a dustbin, put your sin in the bin. Sin bin. Oh, this is, this is good. This is good. This is good. For people that are half asleep, this is good. This is keeping me awake, praise God. Or, His presence is more important than our programs. It is. There's nothing wrong with having a program, there's nothing wrong with having a plan. We should have a plan. But it should always be submitted to Him. Shouldn't it? Because it's His church. He's in charge of our lives. Our program should always be submitted to His presence. 
And another one I wrote down here was, <laughs> I don't know where this came from. Does your granny suck eggs? I'm just asking. For those who weren't here, you know we've got this well-known saying in this country about teaching a granny to suck eggs. Have you never heard that saying? It's like teaching your granny to suck eggs. Well, some person at the conference said, well, does your granny suck eggs? And someone said, yes, my granny sucks eggs. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. So obviously we had to pray for his granny. I mean, he couldn't leave the granny in that state. Imagine sucking eggs. I mean, we fly ours or scramble them or boil them. I never suck them. If I was going to suck an egg, I, <laughs> I was going to suck an egg and want to cook first. And then there was a couple of words in all. There's one about a stomach and an ear. Those that were here, have you come across a stomach or an ear in the last couple of days? Have you seen one walking down the street anywhere? I mean, has anyone seen one anywhere? No? Well, watch out for someone with a bad stomach or an ear. Okay? Hopefully the stomach is connected to the body, but watch out for them and pray for them. Okay? I'll read some of the things from the conference. Praise God. Well, this morning I want to speak about loving one another. Say to the person next to you, that's you. That includes you. That includes Brian. That includes me. Isn't that good? Well, I think it's good. You know, 1 John 4, it says, As God is love. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shouldn't perish but have eternal life. 1 John 4, 10 and 11 says this, And this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, then we also ought to love one another. I ought to love you. I should love you. You should love me. Mother Teresa is good for these kind of quotes. I've got some more from her. Little things done with great love can change the world. See, we don't need a great big dollop of love. We just need a little bit of love. Little things done with great love can change the world. We're world changers, or we should be world changers. We should affect the atmosphere. Wherever we go, we should be changing the atmosphere. You know, whether it's in our homes, in the workplace, whatever, we should be changing the atmosphere. I was talking to someone this morning, and in his workplace, he's, he's speaking blessing, and he's doing things in the workplace. He's changing the atmosphere. And things are happening in a positive vein. We can change the atmosphere. We're atmosphere changers. If you judge people, you've no time to love them. Wow. It's not how much we do, it's how much love we put into the doing. It's not how much we give, but how much love we put into the giving. Good stuff this, isn't it? It's to do with love. Everyone needs to feel loved because it's the way God made us. We are made to be loved. 
I am made to be loved. You are made to be loved. And when there's no love in our lives, we're unhealthy people. Yeah, without love we've got nothing. I mean, in the, you know these verses in 1 Corinthians, the one that, that always gets me, even if we give our body as a sacrifice to be burned, but without love we have not... That's staggering, isn't it? To give your body to be burned, you would think, this is the ultimate sacrifice, but if it's not done in love, it's nothing from God's perspective. These are staggering words. Wow! I'm so glad God wrote the Bible and not me. Just before we go into God loving one another, God's love for us, you know, we need to keep hearing these truths, don't we? That God loves us and accepts us, that He's a good and loving Father who always wants what is best for us. God wants what is best for you and me today. He wanted what was best for us yesterday. He will want what is best for us tomorrow because He's a good and loving Father. He always wants what is best for us. Now, we, not, we might not agree with what God thinks is best for us, but eventually we'll find out it was because God is perfect and His love is perfect. And He loves us and accepts us regardless of our successes and failures. You know... I like to keep hearing this kind of stuff because it keeps it living and active in my spirit. So it's not just a matter of something up here. We need to keep hearing it because our faith needs to be alive. You see, faith comes by hearing of the Word of God. The hearing. The ongoing hearing. Not something that happened in the past, but it needs to be living and active. We need to keep hearing it to keep our faith alive. I still say now I've done it for years on a regular basis. God loves me and accepts me. I love and accept myself. That keeps it alive within me. Can we just say that? God loves me and accepts me. I love and accept myself. It's very hard to love our neighbor if we don't love ourselves. Some people have got a problem with loving and accepting themselves. And it's sad. Some people commit suicide because of this kind of stuff. You know, we don't really appreciate the answers that we have for the world. The number of times I read stuff in the papers or see it in the news and I think, man, what they need is the Father's love. They need to know that they're loved so they can love and accept themselves. It's as simple as that. Because when people turn their back upon God and His ways, they're down a slippery slope to disaster. And they end up destroying them, taking their lives. That's sad. That's why we need to get the good news out there, that God loves them. And of course, the more we receive and understand God's love for ourselves, then the more we can give this love to others. If God so loves us, we ought to love one another. Remember I said about Jesus, he said, He who keeps my commandments, it is he who loves me. If we don't keep the word of God, we don't love Jesus. He said that, not me. I'm just quoting to you what Jesus said. If we don't keep God's word, we don't love Jesus. You say, but I do love Jesus. But I'm sorry, Jesus said this. If you don't keep his word, you don't love him. If you've got an issue, sort it out with him. But that's good. Because you can't separate God from his word. The written word and the living word. 
He who has my commandments and keeps them, and it's he who loves me. And Jesus says this as well. Keeping his command, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. So we keep his commandments, and Jesus said, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. This is not an optional extra, folks. This is a commandment from our Lord and our God. It's a commandment to love one another as I have loved you. It's not just a commandment. It's also a royal law. Did you know that? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the Scripture, you will love your neighbor as yourself. That person sitting next to you today is your neighbor. It's not just the one that's in the house next to you. The one in your workplace is your neighbor. The Bible calls that, loving your neighbor, the royal law. The royal law. From the king. King Jesus. The royal law of King Jesus is to love our neighbor. And Jesus says, if we love one another, all men will know we're his disciples. If we love one another, all men will know we're his disciples. It's not just the signs and wonders and the miracles. It's by the love of God flowing from one to the other that will cause the world to know we're disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, there's so many things about loving one another. And we can do it because Romans 5 says this, that God's love has been poured into our heart by the Holy Spirit. So the love of God is in us. The love of God's in me and it's in you. It might be lying dormant within us, but we can stir it up because love like faith is of the heart. It's in the heart. It's in the heart. And sometimes when we don't feel like loving, we can still act in love. We activate the love within us by faith. In other words, we choose to love. See, we don't always feel like loving, do we? Well, I don't. Do you? I wish I did. I wish I felt very loving every day. and I felt like loving people, but I don't. But I can still act in love. I can still talk in love. Because I know the truth that the love of God is in my heart and I can activate it by my faith. Therefore, I can love. And so can you. So we can't say, I can't love that person. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. No matter how difficult they are, you can still love them because the love of God is in us. You might have a problem with me, but you can still love me. You can still love me because the love of God's in your heart. I can still love you because the love of God's in my heart. So, there's so many things about loving one another. I just want to, I mean, there's, there's notes here you can get, you know, it goes out on the, on, the, on the website and you get a copy of the notes and all that. We're so good to you. We don't charge you for this stuff. We should, I could make a fortune. <laughs> but I just want you to read this from Romans 12 in the Amplified Version. Romans 12, verse, starting at verse 9. This is a lot to do with treating one another as God's family. It says this, Let your love be sincere, a real thing. Hate what is evil. Loathe all ungodliness. Turn in horror from wickedness, but hold fast to that which is good. Love one another with brotherly affection as members of one family, giving precedence and showing honor to one another. Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor, 
Be a glow and burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord. I like that. Be a glow and burning with the Spirit. The lover is inside us. <laughs> Rejoice and exult in hope. Be steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of God's people. Sharing in the necessities of the saints. Pursue the practice of hospitality. I want to say about that again. It seems to me that the early church, it wasn't so much kind of organized meetings. They had a tremendous gift of hospitality. They shared one another's homes. They went from home to home. And I think the church of Jesus Christ today needs to just embrace the gift of hospitality again. You know, I know we live busy lives, but we've got to be careful we don't make that an excuse for not getting together with our brothers and sisters. Hospitality is a precious thing in God's eyes. And that's how we can fellowship and get to know one another and share the love of God with one another. I wonder how many of us practice hospitality. We need to, brothers and sisters. It's a way of showing our love. I'll give you a list of the things I like before I come, okay? Okay? <laughs> Bless those who persecute you, who are cruel in an attitude towards you. Bless and do not curse them. Sometimes that's hard, isn't it? Rejoice with those who rejoice, sharing others' joy. Weep with those who weep, sharing others' grief. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, snobbish, high-minded, exclusive, but readily adjust yourself to people and give yourself to humble tasks. Never overestimate yourself and be wise in your own conceits. Repay no one evil for evil, but take thought for what is honest and proper and noble, aiming to be above reproach in the sight of everyone. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave the way open for God's truth. For it is written, If vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. For by so doing, you'll heap burning coals upon his head. Do not let yourselves be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So many things about living in relationship within the family of God and the body of Christ. To do with loving one another. Because God put us in a family because he knew there'd be plenty of opportunities for us to rub one another up the wrong way. That's how we go in grace and patience and love. See, we're not going to get on perfectly with everyone here today. You won't. Some people here today will rub you up the wrong way. But that's an opportunity for you to grow in grace. Sometimes to... Bite your tongue, count to ten, and let the love of God come out instead of something else. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue, and there's so many, not just unbelievers, there's so many in the body of Christ who are wounded in heart because of this. Because there's death and life in the power of the tongue. And our words should bring healing and love and encouragement and, and faith and blessing. Not that kind of negative stuff that pulls people down because words pierce our spirits. Yes, amen. Words are powerful things. 
I just wish sometimes we could see in this spirit realm that when we speak out words, we could see our words going into someone and see what's happening to that person with the words that we've spoken into their lives. Because words are like seeds. And if we speak negative words out and these negative seeds go into person, go into that person, that's going to produce a negative harvest. It's the same for ourselves. We've got to be careful of the things that we speak over our own lives. Because words are like seeds and they drop into our heart and spirit. Once they take root, they are going to bear fruit. So we need to be speaking words of blessing and love over ourselves as well as over others. And we can even speak them into the atmosphere, in the workplace, in our home. Speak out the blessing of God, the love of God, the goodness of God. Say, I declare this into the atmosphere. I speak out the blessing and love of God in this place. Good things are going to happen in my office. My God is with me. I carry His presence. My words, when I speak them out, bear fruit. You can do that in the workplace. Change the atmosphere. Let the love of God loose. Be different to everyone else. We can do it. We can do it. Because God doesn't ask us to do things that we can't do. Hallelujah. But this thing about hospitality, it is a big deal. Don't grumble against each other, James says. Some of the book of James is so practical, isn't it? Sometimes you're best to avoid reading it, to be honest. Tell you. You get into chapter 3, he's got a lot to say about the tongue, hasn't he? It's like a small rudder that drives a great big ship. Or it's like a fire. Or it's like a bridle. You know, you need to bridle our tongues. Only God can bridle our tongues. It's just too practical, James. Shouldn't read practical books. Stick to Ezekiel. (laughs) All the wheels within wheels and all that. You can just say, well, I don't understand it, so you don't have to do anything. It's easy, isn't it? You read the book of James, you think, well, even I understand that. I've got to do something about it. God's far too wise. Encourage one another. We heard about that at the conference. I mean, be, become an encourager. We should all be encouragers. I like to encourage people. Do you like to encourage people? You know, I like to put a smile on people's faces. You know, telling you some of my wonderful jokes. But I like to encourage people. I'm not going to tell you them. Well, there's there's one I remember. Just one. Just one. It's a Bob Hope one, this. I've told you this one before, but it's a good one. It'll make you smile. Bob Hope says this. He said... uh, Airlines have become so security conscious these days, you can still get a flight, but they won't tell you where you're going. (laughs) Well, I thought that was funny. (laughs) Obviously, some of you people haven't heard of Bob Hope. Okay. And can you believe at the conference there were some people here that hadn't heard of Frankie Vaughan? Can you believe that? Have some of you young people heard of Frankie Vaughan? No? Has anyone over here heard of Frankie Vaughan? Anyone over here heard of Frankie Vaughan? No! No! I'm going to have to sing for you, so you know, aren't I? I can't. I've got. <laughs> ah. 
we do need to become encouragers. You know, the world needs love, but it also needs laughter. Love and laughter need to go together. Now, of course, we get serious times in God. I take God very seriously. You, you, if you know me, you know how seriously I take God. But I also understand the importance of love and laughter. I mean, we need to brighten up people's days. I mean, Alice and I, when we go to Tesco's or different places, we, we like to make people smile. You know, if we go to a restaurant, you know, the, the poor waiters and waitresses are so harassed sometimes, and, and people are saying all kind of negative things to them. Well, we try to encourage them and can brighten up their day. We try to get them laughing or, or somehow just encourage them. People need encouragement. And if the church of Jesus Christ can't encourage people with all that we've got, who can? We should be the greatest encourager in the world, should we not? We need to ask God to help us to become encouragers. All of us. Everyone needs encouragement. In fact, in Hebrews it says, encourage one another daily. We need encouragement on a daily basis. It is so important, we need it daily. We need a quick encouragement fix. Become an encourager. In fact, in fact, Father, we just thank you, God, that you are love and you love us and you enable us to have fellowship and relationship with you where we can come into that place of intimacy with you. Father, we thank you for these things. We are so grateful for these things. But God, you also call us to love one another and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And Father, we can't make any excuses for not doing that because you've put the love of God in our hearts by your Holy Spirit. And all we have to do is make the choice with what we speak out and what we do. And Father, as part of that, God, would you help us to become encouragers as a church? God, we ask for grace for that, to become encouragers in a whole new way. Lord, that, that, that we'd begin in the household of God. If we can't begin at home, you know, most things should begin at home, shouldn't they? So what we're going to do, Father, just loose your Holy Spirit here. You've got five minutes to go and encourage people. Everyone. I'd like to see everyone out of your seats, please. And go and encourage someone. Just tell them how good looking they are, that you like what they're wearing today, or, or prophesy over them, or anything. But encourage them in some way. Just encourage them, whatever it is.